Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. If you want to listen to this episode or any of our episodes ad-free, you can do that now. Head on over to Patreon. Click on the ad-free level. You get all of our bonus shows that you've been hearing so much about. Plus, every single day, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, and Friday, you can listen to this episode or any of our other episodes at the same time, ad-free, over on Patreon. Hey everyone, this is David. Welcome back behind the velvet rope. Let's just get right into it today because we are joined by the one, the only Samantha Fox. Hi, how are you? You're in your New York orange sweatshirt today, sweater. I am. Got to tilt the camera there. I love it. A little New York City representation. Even though you're across the pond. A lot of memories. I I love it. Well, listen, later on in a few minutes into the show, we're going to talk about the fact that you are coming back to, you know, the States and all of that. But, you know, let's start at the beginning. When someone's been here the first time, I like to get to know them. You know, you got into the business at such a young age, like your first single kind of happened simultaneously with you, you know, your mother sending in these pictures of you to this amateur modeling contest, you know, when you were young, you were chosen. Very tasteful. tasteful. I just got to stop you there because whenever they say, oh, your mother sent in pictures, it just seems a little bit seedy, but they're really tasteful. So carry on, baby. That is, well, listen, that's why you're here, because there is so many things. It, it does imply that they weren't tasteful, and it implies, you know, I know there's this whole story that then you ended up posing topless for this. I mean, listen, I actually read your book forever. So, you know, there's this thing that you also, you know, post topless, like when you were, you know, younger at a certain age, you know, and then, and then, yeah, like, I mean, talk to me about that, it, because- well, I was going to say, like, when I read your book, it didn't, it didn't, like, stand out to me as anything shocking. And now, like, when I say it back, I'm like, oh, wow. Yeah, I know. It does sound shocking now, really, to be 17 and going into, uh, you know, glamour modeling. But um, we're talking about the 80s and the early 80s. And um, I don't know about you or anybody else, but I was very mature for my age. I went to drama school um, and I mixed a lot of adults. And um, I was very, people used to say about me, oh my God, she's a 10 year old with 40, 40 year old head on shoulders. And I think that was because from an early age, I did acting and singing and blah, 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 you know. And for me to go into glamour modeling, remember, it wasn't planned that I'd do topless modeling or pure glamour, it was just the face and shape. 
and it went on from there. Photographers, you know, and and magazines offering me lots and lots of money and saying to me that you could be the next this and the next that. Of course, that went over my head because you all hear that, but um, in the end, it came true. It was an amazing career. But all along, I was a singer, really and truly. I was a singer, actress, nature five, you know. Um, It didn't do Madonna any harm. (laughs) It's really bad, sorry. Is that really how it was like, you know, when you were, you know, doing the modeling, because that kind of came first, was singing always like the goal for you? Yeah, I mean, I guess from an early age doing musicals and, um, yeah, musicals and acting at a young age, I was always singing. That would be, it wouldn't be acting, you know, in the forefront. It would be the singing. And um, then as I got older, it would become the acting. But singing the foremost was always for me, you know. Um, for and foremost, that was the beginning of me, was when I was a little girl singing, really. As soon as I opened my mouth, I would sing. Probably drove my mum mad. <laughs> How did you transition then? How did you transition because you were so well known? You know, like I read somewhere, you know, which has to be a great accomplishment that you were the most popular pinup girl of the era, the most photographed British woman of the 1980s. These are big accomplishments. Like, how did you transition from this pinup model to singing? Yeah, it was for um, for a pinup to singer, it was quite difficult, really, because um, you really got to prove yourself. Lots and lots, because when you're a pretty face, a lot of people think that you can't do much else, really. You know, I mean, I think Adele's got a beautiful face, got her voice. <laughs> what more can I say? But you know, people do have preconceived ideas about blonde girls, blonde or dark, with a beautiful face and a good body. I don't know why, but they do, and it kind of stops there. But um, we have many, many talents as blonde girls, as dark girls. You know, whatever. I mean, we all have a good talent, whatever you look like. But it's very much, it's much more difficult, I think, for a glamour girl in the industry to be taken seriously. Did you face a lot of that even like before music, like from classmates, like teachers, you know, because these pictures, right? Like people see a pretty girl in certain pictures and then it's a, it's a stereotype. Like, did you face a lot of that in reality not when I became famous because I was very I was still living at home with my parents and very you know I was guarded and I was looked after but I'll tell you what when I was at school I used to suffer quite a lot definitely um I was bullied quite a lot because a lot of boys used to like me um you know it was always slag Samantha Fox or you know when you're like 11 12 and you don't even know what these words mean but because a lot of boys fancied me and you don't really realise that until you leave school that you were popular or dispopular with the girls. You know, a mixed school was kind of difficult, really, to be honest. Well, I was not popular in school and I knew it. So there you go. But that's just me. I mean, I was popular, but there was a lot of jealousy even then when I was at school. Yeah, because a lot of boys liked me. So, um it was uh, it was difficult at school, but I had my little gang of friends, and that was cool, 
you know. Um, but yeah, there was a certain element that girls used to call me really bad names because boys used to like me, and I, you can't help that, can you? <laughs> really, it's all just jealousy, right? Yeah, and it's a sad thing. I mean, I've learned later in life that jealousy, when people get older, is 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 a bad illness, and I don't know. I've never been jealous of anybody. I've always been in admiration to people, and I love to learn from people, but never really jealous. I mean, have you? I don't know. Have you? Not really. I mean, I feel like you just need my best advice to people is you just got to kind of focus on yourself and you're in competition with yourself, really, not anybody else. Yeah, I know. That's a difficult thing when you're young, you know, really, you know, and people have got to be just kind of like that and ignore them, really, and then really. When when you look back on these pictures, like I know you did Playboy and all these, I mean, like, do you look back and say, wow, like, look what I accomplished? Or are you one, you know, like, if you asked me to listen to an episode of this podcast from four years ago that I did, I would say, I, I can't, like, I cringe. Do you look at your pictures fondly? Or are you like, I just can't look at these? Charles in Charge, I look back at and I think I feel really good about it because that really made me feel that I'd made it in America that was a really big show and then a senior hall and a lot of things came on the back of that so I was really proud of that that was amazing and especially you know Charchi woohoo from you know who's like in the funds and then you know um Charles in charge later on in life there was a little girl loving Charchi thinking he was so gorgeous not sure about now um, you know, personality-wise as well, um, and him. Um, you know, and then suddenly he books me for a job to be in his new series, an episode of Child's in Charge. And I was like, oh, my God, I used to love him as a kid. Anyway. What What was read it like? Book. <laughs> no, I mean, what, what I actually did read your book, but everyone else needs to read your book. What What was it like working with Scott Baio? No, to be honest, um, I was quite astute at that age when I went there. I think I was like 26, 27. So um, I've got to be careful really what I say, to be honest. But um, yeah, typical man's man, you know, and... Uh, the wait is over. That's right. Season five of The Kardashians is here. Just when you thought life couldn't get any faster, they're punching it into overdrive. Chris, Courtney, Kim, Chloe, Kendall, and Kylie are back and continue to defy expectations in all their endeavors. So get ready to go behind the glitz and glamour of the most iconic family on television. The all-new season of The Kardashians premieres May 23rd, streaming on Hulu. This summer... The world must answer one question. Why has no one made a popsicle that gets you high yet? That's right, it's summer, and it's time for you to get your hands on America's new favorite product, Danksicles. 20 milligrams of THC in two great flavors, the latest and greatest innovation from IndiCloud. Is IndiCloud the greatest company to come out of America? Maybe. But what we do know for sure is that IndiCloud is the best way to get dispensary-grade cannabis delivered directly to your door. 100% legally. Yes, they ship legally to all states. No medical card needed. Whether it's vapes as big as your head, flowers you won't find in your mom's garden, or of course, popsicles that get you high as f***. What are you waiting for? 
Go to indicloud.co slash spring24 and get discreet delivery on top shelf THC products. Head over to indicloud.co slash spring24. That's co, not com, to snag 30% off your first order. All of you who listen to this podcast on the regular know two things about me. I love reality TV and I love coffee. I mean, how many cups of coffee do I drink on average here per show? Three. But what you guys may not know is that the only coffee I love is Starbucks. I love everything about a Starbucks. Do you know that I'm such a regular here in East Hampton at my Starbucks that in the morning when I go in, I don't even have to speak to them. They literally make my drink because I'm standing in line and hand it to me when I go to pay. Now, as we head into the fall, my normal fall drink is usually the pumpkin spice latte. But this fall, I need to tell you guys about the iced apple crisp. This new drink is an iced apple crisp oat milk shaken espresso. Yum. Just let that sink in. Do you know how good this is? It's made with blonde espresso, creamy oat milk, and spiced apple flavors. Oh my God. You could sit back and you can enjoy all autumn long. So you guys have to try this and let me know what you think. And listen, order ahead on the Starbucks app. That's right. Order ahead before you get there on the Starbucks app and enjoy. Yeah. Thank God. All I can say is thank God. I'm a really astute woman and very, um, yeah, yeah. I know when there's a bad man around. (laughs) And you want to be careful just because there were things that weren't always above board or whatnot. Yeah, no, I mean, what I said in my book is is true. But I guess there's a whole lot more. And then sometimes you look at those people and you think, oh, they've got a family, they've got kids. Got to be careful. Um not really a horrible person really in that way you don't mean to destroy people and their families but what I went through in the book was kind of educate people and yeah teach them I wasn't taught you know I had to learn the hard way so hopefully people can read my book and learn the easy way (laughs) when you did transition from you know the modeling to the music was it like a light went off, like, this is what I was meant to do. You Did you feel at home? Oh, yeah. I mean, definitely. Um, I was, let's say, I was playing football at 10 until I was, like, that's soccer in America. Soccer until I was, like, 10, 10 till about, I don't know, 13, 14. And then I went to, but meanwhile, I was in drama school. And then I played in netball teams and, I don't know, I just ended every competition, whether it's sports, singing, dancing, just all that, always had it in me, you know, and to go forth and do what I love with a passion. And I'm just so glad it happened. Um, Maybe I've gone on there. (laughs) No, 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 that like makes sense. Um, Well, you know, your music, Touch Me, was your first single. It went right to the top of the charts. Your debut, like, album went to the top of the charts. Like, what was that like? You know, some people work their whole music career, like, never to have that type of success. It was amazing, actually, because I'm sure a lot of other artists maybe watching this um, interview will agree. There's five years, basically. You have what you, you normally signed for five albums and in those five years you've got to really 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 work hard and um, then after those five albums you've got to work harder to retain that success and that's when it becomes hard obviously because you haven't got the record company behind you and everything changed because of uh, 
you know, it became uh, downloads and um, sharing is sharing MP3s and the music business just suddenly changed. So the only the only good time to really release albums now is when you have a great profile or you're doing something which everyone can see press-wise. At the moment, if I release an album, it would just go on Spotify and I'd be very poor. <laughs> After mm-hmm. spending like 70 grand on an album, you know, it's like your fans say, when's it coming out? When's it coming out? But there has to be a good time for that to come out. For the artist and for the fans, the TV, it's a whole package, isn't it, really, you know, as an artist to release an album? It certainly is. Do you think it's easier now, like with the internet and YouTube and TikTok, like to get into the business? Or do you think it was almost easier back in the 80s, 90s? I think there's... um. I think there is a, an opening for people, which is amazing with the internet, that the fact that they can put their, their music on and on and on and then it becomes trending and people take notice. I think that's amazing. People can, can be discovered by the internet. That's brilliant. Rather than, you know, go to audition, 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 audition with like 50 people there and then doing a club day and you go on and on for years and years you can actually do something on social media and bam you're famous overnight um that's brilliant but there's also really bad things about um, music businesses the internet and the way things are going um because sometimes you can sell your soul right now you can put a song on and then straight away people downloaded it and it gets shared and you earn no beans and you're still sitting in your squat and have no money and you might be famous I think that's going to happen a lot now um, I mean let's just um, compare um, I had a single out 10 years ago with Sabrina Call Me and I got a check the other day for 10 million downloads and that was last week because it keeps selling and we downloaded, downloaded it was £123 <laughs> let's say one $130. Wow. That's great. Right. I said to Sabrina, do you want a glass of champagne over the net? (laughs) Just about. What was the scene, the music scene like in the 80s? Like, you know, who were your contemporaries? Like, who did you hang out with? Like, what was the scene like back then? Um, The scene was much more relaxed then, I must say. People had a lot more money. People a lot more, let's say, adventurous. Nowadays, you kind of got to be really careful what you say, what you do. Um, but those days, it was kind of more free. Probably like the sixties. I would say the sixties music and eighties music was very free. Um, yeah. Um, no, I love the eighties. I miss it. I really do. But we can bring it back. <laughs> The music was, well, when you did come onto the scene, they initially referred to you as the British Madonna. How did you feel about that comparison? I quite liked it, actually. I quite like being compared with Madonna. Why not? She's fabulous. There are worse people to be compared to. Pardon? There are worse people to be compared to, right? Exactly. I mean, yeah. I mean, when I went on the audition for Touch Me, they were looking for the British Madonna. And they said this song touched me to many, many girls. And 
Yeah, I mean, that song broke me because I was thinking, remember, I'm a little bit younger than Madonna. Thank God I'm young. And, um, and I listened to it. I was like, oh, my God. I'd love to be the, the British Madonna. I mean, who wouldn't? She's amazing. Amazing. Who do you like? Like you mentioned Adele. Who do you like, like in music today? Like some of the youngsters, so to speak. Like, do you have any favorites? Um, Adele is certainly a good one. I mean, she's killing no, it these Adele days. Adele is fabulous, obviously. Um, the lyrics, the persona, even her personality. Yeah, let me do that again. Cut. I love. Um, let me do that again. I'm getting retired. My teeth are getting fine. This cut, thank God it ain't live. No, I love um, Adele and I love her lyrics and I love the way um, she portrays life and, you know, her life as well. People's lives, they can really relate to her. Um, No, I really do love people like that. I mean, no, I don't know. Let's speak again. I don't know what to say really. She's a good one. No, she's... she's... No, I love Adele and I love the way she um, expresses herself and... um, yeah, I know. Yeah, I can't believe that she's really a lot younger than me. <laughs> I'm glad Madonna's older than me. So you're like in the middle there, right? Yeah, I'm in the middle. Um, no, I'm not quite in the middle, am I really? I'm up there. I'm up there with Madge. I love Madge. And um, I just... I just think she's been a great inspiration for women and young girl bands and singers to have hope, you know? Yeah. Nothing's going to stop her now. Absolutely. Yeah. Every girl needs somebody to look up to. You know, when I auditioned for Touch Me, New Madonna, of course, I was like that young that I could kind of, I love Madonna. There was, there was no other woman at that time that we could look up to in the eighties, early eighties. So, yeah, of course, every young girl, if they said, you know, this song's going to break you and if you audition, you'll be the new Madonna. Of course, I was I was there like a rabbit, you know. Phew. You have visions yeah. of what about the other side of fame? You know, like, again, I did read your book. I know, like, you know, you you really were you had bodyguards from a young age. You couldn't walk down the street. I know you had like your share of stalkers, which not everybody has, you know, and some of the tales in your book, yeah. I still yeah of course they don't go away really they just they they get older and then they get younger (laughs) i mean i remember reading in your book about the guy who was outside your house and he said if you don't come out i'm gonna hang myself and i mean did you ever get scared yeah i mean thank god i was really young because when you're young things don't kind of stir you so much you know and you kind of "Mm." But now, when I think about it, yeah, it's really scary. Really scary. My family and my sister, who's young, six years younger than me. Yeah, it, no, it was a scary time, really. Um, wow. Yeah, part of me was like, oh my god, I've got stalkers because I was young. And I kind of felt it was exciting. But when you think about it, when you think how it affects your family, like your younger sister coming over from school, and this guy jumping out the bushes at her. And then my mum and dad and things went on. No, it was a scary time. And, yeah, I have to be careful still now, especially with um, social media and um, all this kind of stuff. You've got to be really careful, much more careful, I think. Yeah. I mean, I didn't realise this still extended into today. Into today. 
I have to tell you guys about my favorite new discovery, Wild Gray. This website has everything you need for beauty, fashion, lifestyle. Of course, my favorite section is the designer handbags. They have Prada, Gucci. Of course, they have Louis Vuitton. Hello, my favorite. And everything is at such a great price for the value. Wild Gray is true curated excellence where every brand is handpicked just for you. Again, my favorite is the Louis Vuitton. But they have vitamins, supplements, workout accessories, and it's great for gifts. So what are you waiting for? Explore beauty products, fashion-forward trends, and captivating lifestyle essentials at Wild Gray. Right now, with the code VELVET20, you guys get $25 off your purchase. So visit wildgray.com to get $25 off with code VELVET20. Well... Of course it does. You never stop being famous, do you? To be honest, are you? That, that's yeah. made me feel really. Thank you very much. <laughs> well, it's just you don't read about it. Like in your book, it was I. I didn't know any of that about you until I read the book, and I was like, oh my gosh. I mean, I would have been. Yeah, I mean, the book's not about only the past. The book's about everything. It's about me up to date, and um, things don't change. You know, famous people don't die. No, well, they, they do. don't. They do, they do, but not very early. Thank God. Touch wood. What advice would you give to someone who is just starting out in the business today? Stick to your parents, your family, your loved ones, and um, don't be so quick to, you know, get out of the family life and think that you know it all and you're going to go to some place and. It's all going to be fine because it's a lonely place. And, um, yeah, you've got to have a really, really close family, close boyfriend, girlfriend, lover, whoever you are out there, and um, be safe as well rather than think about your dreams. So many people have this fantasy like I did as a kid, but it doesn't mean that everything's going to be safe, you know. You have to get a good agent. You have to be comfortable in your own skin for first you know and know yourself it's all very well people telling you go on this and do this and do that you really got to know what you're doing to be honest it's a hard it's a hard career it really is not easy but I'm really here right now after 40 years and it's going good you're still here after 40 years. I mean, talk to me about that because your 40-year anniversary is coming up. I know you're going to be coming to the States, to the U.S. to play some dates. Talk to me about all this. Yeah, yeah. No, yeah, in August, I'll be coming to the States. Um, first, we're going to do like maybe three shows, I think, east side, um, New York side, New York and down and down. So let's say Boston, one other I'm not sure about yet. And then we go to the west side and we definitely do L.A., I think, um, anyway, that's all I know at the moment. But I'm trying to do some gay prides, which I'd like to do, which starts in June all over the state. So I'm in talks with um, people from gay pride, and I'd love to do those, um, which would be amazing to, you know, to support the LGBTQI family, of course. What do you love about still performing live all these years later? Like, what do you love best about it? I, I think most of all the people, the fans, because it can be, be get. You know, it can get monotonous doing um, an album in the studio, like blah, 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 going on and on. But when you get out to on the stage in front of your fans, that's the best bit. And they know your songs, and they sing back to you, and oof, it's an amazing feeling. There's, there's not a feeling like that in the world, really. And that's what you dream about as a little girl, to be 
not only to be famous, but to entertain people and have a kind of feedback which makes you feel kind of really good. Yeah, really good. Do you have a favorite song to perform? And is there one song that you just like, oh, I'm so tired of singing this, but I will sing it because I know it's everyone's favorite? You might be talking about Touch Me. No, I never get bored with Touch Me. It was my first ever single. And without Touch Me, I would never have been famous in your country, in the United States, and especially in New York. Um, no, it was an international song. What can I say? You know, it's like Touch Me. We all, we all got here, babes, didn't we, by being touched. So I touched the world with that song. So I'm so happy about it. And it made me, you know, internationally famous. Yeah. It was a brilliant song. It is a brilliant song. I cannot wait to see it performed live because I will be at your shows. Like I said, I'm in New York and L.A. So, I mean, these are great places for you to start. You talk about like knowing yourself in the business, like that is such great advice to people starting out. Like how much of you was similar to like the public, you know, public Samantha Fox, the the outfits, the get up, like the performer, how much of you behind the scenes was similar to that girl and that image? Um, to be honest, I'm very natural. I must say there's not a lot of pretense about my shows or me as a person. Um no, I just go about it. You know, it's like what you see is what you get. It's like it's not contrived, really. Obviously, there's dance moves that I do and choreography. But most of the time, my shows are very natural. What you see is what you get. It won't be the same every night. That's for sure. I remember years ago, I was going to see a show. And um, somebody, I won't mention names, but they're very famous. And I saw the show a couple of times and it was the same every night. And I felt... That's never going to be me. No, never. So what you see is what you get, and you never know what you're going to get. It's going to be, it's always going to be a surprise for me, really. Yeah. You try to mix it up and change it up each night. Yeah, of course. You know, sometimes um, there, there might be some water on the side of the stage, and I might think, mm, people look very hot. I might just tip it over. No, I'm joking. No, no. Mark at me. I'm joking. <laughs> you could. You could do that. I bet you your fans would love no, it. No, I know. But I'm not going to say it because people might expect it. And that's really bad because I've been in trouble before doing stuff like that. <laughs> what about, do you have a desire to like do any, I mean, you're going to be doing this tour, you know, that's a for What about new music? Do you ever think of like writing any new music? Are you working on anything? I know your fans are dying to know. I know, but God bless them. They've been amazing. Um, they've been waiting and waiting. But as I tried to kind of explain, it's so hard to release an album without your kind without me being on TV in your minds and I don't know, on your tongue. Maybe I'm in the minds and hearts of my fans, but everybody is another story. I don't want to waste another album. I released an album a few years back and it just got wasted. It just got wasted. So I don't want that for this one. So it will be soon. I've just got to get on some major TV show and show everybody that I'm still alive, really. It's a whole yeah. business and it could be the best music. And if they just decide to put the marketing dollars somewhere else, I mean, one false move, but with the wrong, you know, it's like, it's just, it, there's so many factors involved, right? Yeah, there's a lot of factors, really. I mean, it's all recorded, but then you've got to think about, um, God, the videos, the marketing, the pictures, and 
the record companies, the distribution, the everything really, the everything is it's a long process and a very important process really, you know, to the artist and the record company. It, it's not very easy just to bring out an album. Hello, here's my new album. Here's one I made before. <laughs> It's not. Well, listen, you mentioned being back on TV. You were in the jungle. You've done so many reality TV shows. Like, how do you, do you like being part of all these reality TV shows? Do you have a favorite? Mm, Yeah, the right reality shows I love. You know, if you learn something from them. Big Brother, I didn't enjoy at all. Um, You didn't. And you got far. You got really far. You did well. Yeah, that was just, I mean, I was boring. I just sat there, really. Just got on with it. So, oh, I was there with a lot of reality stars, and yeah, they just was into drinking and drinking and drinking and FFF and <laughs> I don't know, maybe call me old, but um, no, it was very boring, really. Whereas the jungle, I came away with something. You learn something from that program. Um, yeah, I've learned to survive. People think. When you come up, oh, I bet you had pizza, I bet you had this. No, it is complete survival. And you really find yourself in places like that. You know, I was in there, what, 16, 17 days, sleeping on the floor or whatever it was, like two boxes of spiders and snakes and all the things. I fought my fears. I really enjoyed it. So reality is great when you can actually come away and learn something, which is good. Yeah. Right. That's more interesting, I guess, than Big Brother. Just although Big Brother yeah. to me seems it's such a good game. I love it. It's is so it, great. It, listen, I'm a massive fan of Big Brother. I really am. And I always wanted to do it. But suddenly the year I went to it, it was like six weeks, I think four weeks. It was longer than ever. I don't know. Maybe I'm wrong, but it's seen forever. <laughs> what about, you know, how was And it- I just met Linda then. Oh, my God. Oh, you did? I just met my future wife, my wife. Yes, exactly. Just before I went in, I met Linda. Oh, my God. It was awful. Absolutely awful. That's probably why I didn't like it. (laughs) Well, being away from her. Well, speaking of your wife, you know, you did have this whole, you know, image. You dated Paul Stanley. You know, people thought, you know, you had lots of male attention. You know, I'm a... I'm a great card-carrying member of the LGBTQIA community myself. So, like, talk to me, because I do remember, like, specifically, like, when you came out, like, talk to me about, you know, people had a, you know, you had lots of male suitors. People had this image of you, and here you are, and then you came out. Talk to me about, like, did that make it harder that there was this whole backstory and people thought one thing about you? Talk to me about coming out. Yeah, obviously, I think for a lot of people probably listening to this um uh, interview coming out is very hard, very hard. Let alone that you're one of the most famous pinups in the world to come out. Help me now. Um, imagine those people, you know, at school or in normal lives. Um, for me, I think it was really, really hard. Then again, I've put myself in the position of a lot of people listening now. It's hard for everybody, whoever you are. Isn't it really? You know, one thing is to be um, a pinup to all these amazing, lovely boys that have been my fans forever. Thank you so much. But they're, they're married now. So I felt really safe to come out. But before, I was totally scared. And I'm sure there's a lot of other people listening and watching and listening. 
don't know, it's this interview, who was scared too. It's really worth it, yeah. My, that was my wife. It's worth it. Do it. Do it. Talk to your parents. Show me this interview. <laughs> come out. Come out. Come out, come out. Were you scared, like, from a personal point of view? Were you scared from a career point of view? Like, did one outweigh the other? Like, talk to me about, were you scared from a career point of view? I mean, I assume personally you were, because we all are at the time. Of course, in lots of ways, really, I was scared. I was scared. I think my mum knew, which is great. When I did come out to my mum, I knew anyway. Oh, you know, you're so nervous (laughs) to tell your mum, oh, no, anyway. So, yeah, um, coming out publicly, being a famous person was really hard, really, really hard. Um, I felt that all my fans would run away. It's a safe example. In those days, before singing, it was, let's say, 70% men was my fans before singing. Mm, So it it was difficult then. And then when I started to do music and gaining more women fans and girl fans and then being questioned, have you got a boyfriend? Have you got a boyfriend? And kept saying, no, no, no. I just felt I can't live a lie anymore. And, um, yeah, I came out. You'll probably know the year, everybody. Is it 90? 2003, I think. Oh, sorry, 2003. Shit. Yeah. Thank God. Yeah, no, really, it was a big, big, big decision. You did have mostly male friends with the pen, but like at least with the music, you know, not just the women, but you have all of your gay male fans. You do realize that how much us gay boys love Samantha no, Fox. No, no, I was really pleased that I had my gay fans there, obviously, because they've been there all the time and it's such great support. Really amazing. But then, obviously, there's the boy boys who bought all my calendars and pictures. I'm thinking, but then again, I felt, oh, my God, they're married now. They've got kids. They've got kids. And the fantasy is gone. And it's all all right now. It's settled. I'm so pleased because I can kind of go on to talk to other girls, boys, say it's okay now. It takes time. It really does. But you have to get, like, kind of... A grip of it. This is what I am. I am what I am. <laughs> you know, you've got to get a grip, and that's it. It takes a while. You know, it's scary. So tell your parents, tell your friends. But although I know that it's very difficult for people to tell their parents, that's why I do a lot for Howard Kennedy Trust. That's um, young boys and girls who commit suicide because their families are kicking them out. You know. They don't like the fact they're gay. So that charity is very important to me as well. I know you've got a, a brilliant charity in New York City where people can do, go. I can't remember the name of it, though. It's probably either like Hetrick Martin or True Colors, the Cindy Lauper charity. Yeah. No, I was reading about it the other day. But these places, people need to know that they exist. Do you know what I mean? Um, let's say I was lucky. My parents were understood. I know I'm rambling now, but I just want to let people know why I'm talking. They can get help about it. And they don't need help because it's quite natural. I hate that, don't you, really? Oh, you can help. I had that when I was really young. You can help this. Help? What do you mean help? This way I am. You know, didn't mean to say that, really. But, yeah, I mean, people get help in the way 
they need it. If their parents are kicking them out, the family have disowned them, they can get help. They help. They help. After this interview, babes, let's put all the numbers where people can get help and talk to people, which Absolutely. is so important. Absolutely. Yeah. Did you find yeah. that it did, did it hurt your career? Like, did it affect your career at all? Mm, I weren't sure, really. And that's probably why I left it a bit too late, because I was worried, you know? Um, well, I guess a lot of other young people probably watching this video right now. There's people that are out watching this. People are not out. But hopefully I can help people. Um, no, in the end, you've got to do what your heart desires and what you feel. I mean, it's really hard for me being really famous. But let's hope I can help a lot of young people watching this video, you know? Well, you mentioned your wife. You did get married, you know, last year. You guys just had your six-month wedding anniversary. You know, they say it feels different. I know you guys have been together forever, but does it feel different now that you're actually wife and wife? Oh, it's wonderful. Yeah, it does feel different because it's like, oh, my God. Um, you look back at the video when you got married and you see all these kind of promises that you do to each other. And it's not so religious either. It's it's kind of what you both believe in. And the words that we said I do to were just magical. It wasn't like the old days. We go, I obey you. I must obey you and all that kind of stuff. I can't remember what they said, but I always remember love and obey and to love and to check. No, we had such an amazing wedding and we kind of more or less wrote ourselves, really. It was lovely. Not not like kind of the words. We, we were really surprised. But in a way, that's how the ceremony went, you know, not to love and to hold to cherish. You know, I'm not being funny. It wasn't a religious wedding, no. It was our wedding. It was amazing. The woman who married us was just brilliant. Yeah. <laughs> Did you guys do anything for your six-month wedding anniversary, which was just in December? Shut up. You're joking. I, Do people I'm... do that? I, I, Oh, she's talking. The wife is talking. So some people like to do every month or six months for the first year. But I mean, you know, you don't have to. I'd like to do it every day if that's possible. Do you? No, we don't. No, it's. <laughs> do you have a highlight of your music career? I mean, some of the songs were just so great. I'm so excited you're going to tour. Like, is there like just a memory that just stands out? of like on a tour or just some accolade or just something where you're like, wow, what a career. Oh no. Oh my God. Um, I mean, think about that one. You're still working in the business, so it's not over. I'm just saying like, you know, to this point, like a, a, a kind of a highlight of your brilliant career. Um, I would guess, I know, I know it, probably not a lot of people know this or they read it on my biog. But yes, you know, I did a full six months um, tour of America and Canada, and then I went to the far far east and South America and whatever. I was touring for maybe a year and a half. But um, I would say the most amazing experience for me was probably going to Bombay, which is now called Mumbai, going there and knowing that you know obviously I had fans there and sold records there maybe not sold records plenty of bootlegs and then um our band went and they drove us on Gandhi Stadium which is in 
uh, Mumbai, Bombay, and it holds 70,000 people. And I was like, oh, my God, where are we going? They just drove us on this cricket pitch. Massive. And, um, yeah, that night we played to 70,000. Next night, 70,000. Next night, 70,000. And we did not have the equipment um, for that kind of size gig. And um, I can't think who was, who was playing there the night before. Ah, my fans will answer this. Oh, Jeff Rotel, that was it. And he lent us loads of sound gear and uh, monitors. And, uh, oh, my God. Because we didn't have that kind of equipment. We just drove on this Gandhi Stadium, was expected to a sound check with no gear. Well, obviously, we had what we needed for a small show. And we didn't realise we were going to play for 70,000 for three nights. That was, and they said, oh, yeah, yes, my dad, you have beat, um, you have beat uh, Bruce Springsteen. I went, oh, thank you very much. I'm really glad about that. Wow. <laughs> that was brilliant. No, it was great. It was really great, three nights there. I didn't expect that at all. You can imagine. Yeah, it was wow. amazing. Yeah. Bigger than Bruce Springsteen in Mumbai. Yeah, <laughs> I know. In those days, yes. Bombay. Um, and then we continued to play Delhi, Madras, Calcutta. And then I did a movie there. And then I got an award from uh, Mother Teresa as the most influential Western woman. I was like, what? Oh, my God. I'm mean, putting money in, in, in you know, I was, I was brought up as a Catholic. And every week we put money in for Mother Teresa. So she'd always been on my mind, always been in my life. And then suddenly I got an award, which was quite amazing, really. I don't want to bore you, everybody. No, that's... You said you wanted a long interview. <laughs> yeah, no, that, that, that's pretty amazing. What about, you know, what was it like out of all the things you've done in your career, Sharknado? Where does Sharknado rank? Please. <laughs> I watched Please. every, I watched every single one. Please. Listen, it's not a serious career move for me, but... One where I will say I do love a good, stupid film. <laughs> You're in on the joke, you know, right? The whole film is a joke, but it, it's a cool oh, classic. And I hope people realise it's a joke. If they don't, well, help me now. But um, no, apparently, well, not apparently. I didn't get killed off on the last one. I was supposed to. And um, the writer was there. Uh, he's a big fan of Sam Fox. Oh, I've got to get you in this film. Oh, thank you so much, blah, blah, blah. And um, he said, I was going to get, I can't kind of do my American accent, going to get the shark to kill you. I won't bother. The shark to kill you and fall you on your head. I went, oh, no, please don't. He said, no, I want you in the next one. So watch this face, everyone. I'm going to be the next one because I didn't die. <laughs> there you go. So you have more Sharknado coming up in your life. See, so it's a good thing I mentioned it. No, I think it's great. Listen, my nephew's 18. My, my nieces are young. They absolutely love it. And you got to keep up with the youngsters, baby. What you can got, you do? you got to keep up with the youngsters. As, yeah, exactly. As we wrap up and wind down, what do you think, like, all these years later, people still have wrong? Like, when they hear Samantha Fox, what do you think they have wrong about you? What they might have wrong is probably how many records I've sold and how hard I've worked since 1983. 40 years! Yes, yes, yes. This week. So maybe they've got that wrong, that I've actually been in the business 40 years, sold 30, 35 million records, 
and do me a favor. I love you all. <laughs> what can uh, I say? We love you too. Where can people find this information about the tour? Like, is are the U.S. are the U.S. tickets? They're not for sale yet. I imagine soon. No, we got four shows already planned for August. Oh. Um, East Side, New York, um, Boston, I believe. You mentioned um, L.A. as well. Yeah, and then we go to the West. We do L.A. and to other places. But I will. Um, I'll give you the um, heads up, baby. Okay. Linda. Yeah, look on Facebook, everybody. All the dates on there, and where I'm playing. That's 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 all I know. I will and share it with everybody too. And I'd love to do some gay prides in New York if anybody wants me. I'm available. I'm we, available. We need to get you on all of those. Look at this. You have your New York shirt on. So I mean, yeah, I, I think you and gay pride is is the way to go. Definitely. You yo you. Yeah, remember I used to live on Eighth Street for two years. Yes, between 12 and 30. And 40. Such love a good, you love you. I appreciate you doing this and tell Linda, thank you for making it all happen. And, you know, I still listen to you on repeat at the gym night and day when I am there. So thank you. And I can't wait to see you in the States in August. Uh, thank you so much, Diane. It's been really good talking to you. Hi, everybody. Thank you for listening and watching and love you all. Mm-hmm. Happy New Year. Love you. Thank you for chatting. Bye. Bye. Thanks for listening to yet another episode of Behind the Velvet Rope. Because without you listeners, I would just be a crazy person with voices in my head. And if you like what you hear, subscribe, subscribe, subscribe on Apple Podcasts under Behind the Velvet Rope. And when you're done subscribing, feel free to leave a five-star write-up review. Because the write-up reviews actually count. We read each and every one of them. We post the best ones. And the reviews really help our shows keep going. And we really appreciate everything you guys say, especially the positive ones. And if you want to find us online, we're at Behind Velvet Rope on Instagram. We are at David Yontef on Instagram. We're Behind The Velvet Rope on Apple Podcasts. Or head on over to Patreon, because you know what? There are just some things we can't talk about here. So for our bonus episodes, go to Patreon and type in Behind the Velvet Rope. And if you still aren't sick of me and you want more David, go to Cameo and book me on Cameo. And you can ask me anything there. I'll answer whatever you want. And I have a bargain basement price of $10. Thank you, guys. See you soon.